Healing is here. Healing is here. I have a couple things I feel like the Lord wants me to give you uh, just as some groundwork for uh, the series. Uh, so, but I want to start in Luke chapter 5, but I'm going to give you a bunch of scriptures, but I'm not going to give you even close to all of the scriptures or this series would last. Uh, it would last a long, a long time, right? But I'm going to give you a bunch of scriptures because I like to give you the Word of God. Because if you build your house on the Word, then your house will stand. But this subject of healing, uh, is, uh, it's an interesting subject because a lot of times people don't feel like they need it until they need it. But lots of times when they need it, they're kind of way behind the eight ball. How many of y'all know what that means? If you were going to run around a track, if you had a four-track run a race, but you got two laps down, kind of hard to catch up. So really, this is one of these subjects that you need to feed on or, or be really grounded in because if you try to fix the roof when it's already raining, it's already raining. And then when it's raining, you can't get up there and fix it because it's already raining, right? So this is one of these things, even if you feel like I'm strong as a bull. I'm looking at all, some of you uh, young people. I mean, I remember what it's like to be young and invincible. In the, <laughs> <laughs> Look at Dennis. Dennis is like, that's me. <laughs> I am thee that you speaketh of. But you know, young and invincible, you know, you see these guys on skateboards and they're like ollieing off of a roof, you know, like 30 feet in the air. I was watching an E60, which I don't know if you watch E60, but you know, it's these documentaries on Sports Center, and they're talking about Matt Hoffman. If you don't know anything about Matt Hoffman, he kind of revolutionized BMX. He was the first guy to start breaking world records on the vert ramp, which is the ramp where you go up and you do tricks and all that stuff. And he built a 60-foot vert ramp in his backyard made out of plywood. Just a young guy, you know, like 20, you know. And, and in order to, to catch air, you know, his, his, what he was trying to accomplish was the world record of the most air, you know. But in order to catch that air, uh, he would have to, they would take a, a motorcycle and would pull him down this ramp of just laid down plywood in the grass. Can't you just see the brilliance of about an 18-year-old kid, you know, thinking, this is what we're going to do. We're going to lay a bunch of sheets of plywood down through Daddy's yard, and then we're going to build a 60-foot ramp, and then you're going to get on the 250 Honda, and you're going to get going about 60. And I'm going to be holding on to the ski rope. And, and sure enough, man, they take him in, and they, they filmed all this on old VHS, man, but they would watch him go up and then just fall 60 feet and then just splatter. I mean, he's had every bone broken multiple times but he would be in the hospital I mean just all jacked up but he's already planning like the next one he's like <laughs> in his brain right I mean so so to talk to him about healing he's already invincible right I mean he's already he's like I'm invincible already uh, but how many y'all know you get older can I get a witness somebody can I get a can I get an amen you got to start taking the, the glucosamine <laughs> right. You go to Sam's and get the double tub of the glucosamine, right? Right, for the old joints and for that type of stuff, right? And, and your body starts talking to you, and that's just totally normal, right? It's, it's to totally normal. Oh, yeah, your body starts screaming, right? It, get, it gets louder than anything else in the room. The, the point is, is with this series, I don't want you to, if you're real strong and healthy, to think that, that, you, that you don't, that you check out, that you don't need it. This is something that, how many of y'all know things can change so quick? Everybody in here knows somebody that was in great health that dropped dead. Somebody that was in great health that found out that they're terminal, that things just, that, that at a way younger than they were supposed to, things went south quick. And diet and exercise is, is kind of like works. 
In fact, the Bible says that it profiteth little. Now, we should. The Bible says our body is a temple of the Holy Spirit, so we should watch what's going on in our body and diet and exercise and all that type of stuff. But you can get so far off into that it's works. You're trusting in that more than you're trusting in God. And I, I was talking to somebody the other day. I was actually my pastor. I was having lunch with him, and uh, we were, he was on a diet. You know, he lost like maybe 30 pounds or something. And I said, oh, man, you, you look good. You're doing good. But we were talking about an old pastor, an old preacher, and the old pastor told him, he said, I buried just as many skinny ones as I have fat ones. And I think back and I think, man, that's the truth. I've been to just as many skinny funerals as I have fat funerals. Don, I don't know how many hundreds of funerals. I mean, he and Pat do hospice and have literally hundreds of patients all over this area. And they're constantly at funerals. And he could attest that there's just as many skinny ones as there are fat ones, right? So, so if you get way off into works then that's, that's not it either. Uh, so I don't want you to check out and say, well, I don't really need this. You might. And besides, all of us need this because, again, we're supposed to be the light of the world. I believe the world should be looking at us and saying, something's different about them. They glow. Literally, their spirit, their soul, their body, their attitude, that there's, there's something different. They carry something different in their countenance, in their appearance, in their body. They're just different. Whenever people looked at Jesus, he was just different. Why would kids run up to a stranger? He must have looked different. He must have carried something that, was, that, was, that had a gravitational pull to it. Who else without social media and without likes and Twitters and all that stuff could accumulate a following of multitudes. He land on the side of an ocean and multitudes would come out to meet him. Who else? He must have been in his physical appearance, in his mental, every facet of him must have just been gravitational, just electric everywhere he went. How many of y'all know he lives in you? He lives in you. He came to make his home within you. And much like Marlisa said, many times we find ourselves looking down where we have, to get, we have to get to a point to where we look up. He's where our help, He's where our strength comes from. So I want to give you just this morning just some basic things about this subject of healing. The first thing, if you've got your worship guide, you've got a blank there, is I want you to write, He is willing. Everybody say willing. God is willing. He is willing to heal. He wants you well. God is willing. I put a quote there. It's by a guy named F.F. F. Bosworth. And it says, It's impossible to boldly claim by faith something that you aren't convinced that God is offering. It's impossible to boldly claim by faith something that you aren't sure God is offering. Every one of us, we came to a point in our life where we realized that God was offering salvation. And we believed it was His will for this to be a part of our future of our eternity and we became convinced of that and then we invited salvation into our life but you cannot boldly believe or claim by faith something that you aren't sure or convinced that God's offering so I want you to know God's willing for you to be healed he wants you to be well Marlisa referenced in the in the Old Testament in the book of Exodus chapter 15 God introduces himself as Jehovah Rapha. Now we could do a whole study on the names of God Jehovah Nisi, Jehovah Shalom, Jehovah Sitkanu, you know God is my banner, God is my victory, God is Jehovah Shalom, God is my peace, Jehovah Jireh, God is my provider. Come on somebody. Uh, well we make a whole another service out of that whole 
another series. But he would come out and he would introduce himself to these people that had been in bondage bondage to the Egyptians. He brought them out of bondage and then he would introduce himself to them because they didn't know him. Many of them were born in Egypt, born slaves. So they they were worshiping the God of Ra, you know, the, the God of the sun and all that. So God brings them out and then he has to introduce himself. He says, you call me Jehovah Jireh. I'm going to supply all of your needs. The Egyptians, they did all this, but you ain't in the Egyptian camp no more. You're in my camp. And I'm Jehovah Jireh. I'm Jehovah Shalom. And in Exodus chapter 15, he introduces himself as Jehovah Rapha. Jehovah Rapha. And he stood up and God told Moses, he says, I want you to stand up before the people and I want you to introduce me as this. I want you to say, thus saith the Lord, if you will hearken unto my voice and obey my commands... Then all of the sicknesses that came upon the Egyptians, none of them will come upon you. For I am the Lord that healeth thee. I am Jehovah Rapha. And even to this day, if you are a Jew, if you are a practicing Jew, the, what they were, the word that they call their doctor is, is a Rapha. We've got to go see the Rapha. So what's God saying? God says, I am your Jehovah doctor. I am your physician. The word Rapha, I put it in your worship guide, it just means to repair, to cure, to mend, to restore, to health. That's the Old Testament word. New Testament word is the word sozo. And I'm going to show you some verses here in just a second. In the New Testament, the Bible says that He, is, uh, that, that he heals us or He brings us salvation. Sozo means safety, healing, soundness, preservation, and deliverance. Safety, healing, soundness, deliverance. Preservation. So it's not just healing. So what I want you to see is within those words is uh, we think of salvation or whenever we get saved, there's more to salvation than just you going to heaven. Jesus didn't go through everything that he went through just to get you eternal life. Uh, He didn't go through the place of the skull or Golgotha just to help you out a little bit. He said that I came so that you can have life and life more what? Abundantly. That's what he came for. He said, I want you to have life, but also life more abundantly. So the first verse that I want to look at here, and they're going to put it up on the screen here, is in Luke chapter 5, verse number 12. Because I want you to know God's willing. It says in Luke chapter 5, verse number 12, it says, And it happened as he was in a certain city. This is Jesus. Jesus was in a certain city that, behold, a man who was full of leprosy saw Jesus, and he fell on his face and implored him, saying, Lord, if you're willing, you can make me clean. He had confidence in the ability. He says, I know you can make me clean. I understand that you're pretty supernatural here. But he says, I'm, I'm stuck on whether or not you're willing to make me clean. And Jesus cleared it up right quick for him. He says, then Jesus put out his hand and touched him, saying, I am what? I am willing. Be cleansed. Immediately the leprosy left him. I didn't give you this verse, but I'll give it to you now. In Acts chapter 10, verse 8, it says how God anointed Jesus with the Holy Spirit and with power, who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. Put that one up there if you don't mind. It's not in your notes and it's not in my notes, but I want to give it to you real quick. Because I want you to see here that God's willing. And really we can't go any further in the service until you understand God's willing. Because if you're like this man, if you you understand his ability, right? We all know his ability. He's Jesus. (laughs) Hello. 
He's God incarnate in the flesh, right? In the, he created everything, right? I mean, we understand that He's able, but really we need to get this settled in our heart that God's willing because many times we, we, we analyze things or we come to uh, uh, things in our life based on experience or based on, yeah, but they died or this happened or based on something that we've been taught. But I just want to show you what the Bible says. And here in Acts chapter 10, verse 38, it says, God, God the Father, anointed His Son... Jesus with the Holy Spirit, all three of the Trinity are right here working. What are they working on? It says that, they, that God anointed Jesus with the Holy Spirit, gave him power, who went about doing what? Good. Everybody say good. good. He went about doing good. He didn't go around making people sick. He didn't go around hurting people. He went around doing good and healing how many of them? All. all. He went around healing. In other words, if you read the Gospels, you never see where Jesus told people to come back later. He never said, I can't do it. He and, and he never said that they didn't qualify or they weren't good enough or they need to go clean themselves up. God anointed Jesus with the Holy Spirit and with power. And he went about healing all who were oppressed by who? Interesting. So you have the Trinity at work here and then you see the anti Trinity at work here and you see one's going around doing good and the other one's going around oppressing and afflicting people and Jesus God sent Jesus with the Holy Spirit to come down here and upend a lot of this thing and the majority of Jesus's time he upended it with teaching but he didn't just teach he had the signs to back it up I mean I know what I'm talking about if people were doubting whenever he made the the blind eyes open and stuff it cured their doubt as you can imagine. It's like, I think this guy's a heretic. And then all of a sudden these eyes start growing in somebody's head. And he's like, never mind. It's like, <laughs> I mean, like, uh, he had the goods, right? I mean, to back up what was going on, right? He's like, I'm not just a voice box here, baby. I hold the keys to the kingdom. Uh, so he's, he's pretty, pretty legitimate in, in, in what he did. But, but God is willing. Next verse I'll give you is in 3 John verse 1, verse 2. It says, Beloved, I wish above all things that thou prosperous and be in health even as thy soul prospereth. Everybody understands that Jesus wants their soul to prosper, right? It's common knowledge, right? God cares about my soul, wants me to go to heaven and all that stuff. But he says, I wish above all things that you be in health and prosper, even as your soul prospers. Now, Third John's writing this to people in the church. But how many of y'all know this whole book is written to us? And God's yelling out. He says, Beloved, my beloved, who I sent my son to die for. I want you to be in health. And I want you to prosper in your soul. I want all of you. Jesus is a, is a, he's a spirit, soul, and being fixer. I mean, he didn't just come to fix our... He came to fix all of us. If he didn't come to fix all of us, he wouldn't have went around doing good and healing all who are oppressed of the devil. He just went around, would have just went around saying, repent, repent. But you know who went and did around, who did that? was John the Baptist. John the Baptist was the one going around saying, repent, repent, the day of the Lord is at hand. It was Jesus who went about doing good. That was his earthly ministry. I mean, I believe he's still the same yesterday, today, and forever. I mean, I believe he's still the one. He says, behold, I am the Lord and I change not. He says, I don't change. He says, there's no variable. There's no change, neither shadow of turning. There's, there, there's no change in me. I don't change. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So everybody say, God is willing. All right, now I want to show you this verse in Isaiah chapter 53. Verse number, I gave it to you in your worship guide. Uh, it says, surely, 
He has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God, and afflicted. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. I'm going to underline iniquities if you don't mind. And it says the chastisement or the payment for our penalty, our peace was upon him. By his stripes we are healed. And underline healed. Because what I'm about to take you through these next few verses is you're going to see in the exact same verse there's always healing of sickness and sin forgiveness. In the same verse, over and over and over again, you're going to see that Jesus took care of our sin, but he also took care of our sickness. And right here, you can see that by his stripes we're healed, but he was bruised for our iniquities. Iniquities just means sins. Now, surely he has born. That word born is the word NASA, N-A-S-A. How many ever heard of NASA? Yeah. Now, NASA, it, it has a, a meaning, you know, north aeronautical space, whatever. But also in the Old Testament, NASA means liftoff. It means liftoff. Surely he has borne or he has lifted off of us. Come on, everybody, close your eyes. How many of you have seen a space shuttle take off? All right, now look at me. That's what he did. Surely, with great power, with a great display of power, he lifted off our griefs. Now, that word griefs there, it, literally, it really means sickness. So write sickness in the parentheses. 24 times this word is used in the Old Testament. 20 of them, it's used as the word sickness. Four times it's translated as the word grief, but they're the exact same word. So surely he has lifted off our sicknesses. He has borne our griefs. You say, well, yeah, that's Old Testament. Let's look at the New Testament. Well, this verse is quoted once uh, by Jesus, hot sauce, red letters, and that's in Matthew chapter 8. Matthew chapter 8, he quotes the hot sauce right here. We need to make it, Christian, so that it comes up there in the hot sauce. Because I just like it on my little iPad or on my, in my Bible. I like the red. Right? It's just like it gets the blood flowing. Like, uh, I, I like the hot sauce, right? Uh, Jesus quotes this. He says that it might be fulfilled, which is spoken by the prophet Isaiah, saying he himself took our infirmities and what? He bore our sicknesses. Jesus quoted that. He's quoting about himself. He says, I take your infirmities and I bear your sicknesses. First Peter quotes it, First Peter chapter 2. It says, who himself bore our sins in his own body. Underline sins again because this is one of the things I want you to see. He took our sins in his own body on the tree that we having died to sins might live for righteousness but also what's in there by whose stripes you were what? So there seems to be over and over and I'm going to show you a bunch more that, that Jesus includes in the same verse you have forgiveness of sins as well as you have healing for your body. If you remember there's a passage I love this passage there's, there's a passage uh, in Luke chapter 5, and just to, just to run through it, I'm going to pick up, and they're going to put it on the screen, verse 23. But, but we're, so most of us, we're kind of familiar with this if you've been in church or anything. If you're new to church, then we're glad you're here. You just sit back. And, uh, uh, but in Luke chapter 5, there's a, there's a guy who's paralyzed, can't walk, right? And there's no electronic machine, you know, or nothing. This guy gets carried everywhere he goes. He, carries on, he gets carried on a car. But thank God he had four friends 
that had heard about Jesus, heard about the power of God, heard about that Jesus was a healer. So these four guys, they carry their friend to where Jesus is preaching. The, the room, it's, it's packed. There's too many people in there. Nobody can't get him. They can't get him up there to Jesus. Jesus is healing people. Things are nuts. Great church service, I'm sure. Uh, so they bring him up on the roof. They rip the, the hole in the roof and they tie this rope around this guy and they let him down in the presence of Jesus. But what's interesting is, is that in here? Or is that like an airplane or something? Okay, never mind. I was just like, it's like a helicopter? Uh, so they tied this rope around this guy. They let him down. How many of y'all know that we need some friends that are willing to tear the roof off and get us in the presence of Jesus? You need to watch out who you hang out with. They may kill you, literally. Uh, they may be the downfall of you. You need some friends that, that, that understand the, the goodness of God and the power of Jesus, and they're interested in that. Uh, and they're even willing to make you a little uncomfortable sometimes. I don't know how comfortable it is to be have a rope tied around you and let down through the rafters. But uh, such as it is, they let him down. But what I want you to see is the first thing Jesus tells him is he says, your sins are forgiven you. He doesn't say anything about healing his body. He says, he says, your sins are forgiven you. And then all the Pharisees, they start saying, this blasphemer, who, who is this guy that says he can forgive sins? But perceiving their thoughts, Jesus said, verse number 23, he says, which is easier to say that a man's sins are forgiven or for him to take up his bed and walk? But just so that you'll understand who I am, he looks and turns to him. He says, sir, take up your bed and walk. In other words, Jesus said, There's no, it's in the same package. It's in the same package. For me to say your sins are forgiven is just as easy for me to say take up your bed and walk. And it's just as easy for me to say take up your bed and walk as it is to say your sins are forgiven because I take care of all of it. Right? I am I'm the one that I take care of all of it. So it's just as easy. It's just a matter of us appropriating and receiving from Jesus what we need at that, at that point in time. If you need healing, he says, just as easy for me to take care of your body as it is for me to take care of your soul. It's just as easy as it is for me to take care of your spirit. I am the all in all. I encompass all of it. And whatever you need to me, you come and you can get it. It's, it's that easy that, that, it, that it doesn't matter. Isaiah chapter 33, verse number 24. It says, and the inhabitant will, will not say, Jesus is talking about, I'm sorry, the Old Testament is talking about here, that whenever we all get to Zion or whenever we all get to heaven, nobody in heaven or nobody in Zion is going to say, I am sick. The people who dwell in there will be forgiven their iniquity. There it is again. Same verse is God says, in heaven there's not going to be any sick people and there's not going to be anybody with sin. They're, they're, all, they're all the same. It doesn't matter. Now the, verse, the next verse I give you in your worship guide is Psalms chapter 103. Psalms chapter 103, verse number 1 uh, through 5. Now I called today's message God's Benefit Package and you're about to see why in this, in this passage of Scripture right here. How many of uh, y'all... If you're looking for a job, most of us want a job with what? You better believe it, baby. 
I need them benefits, right? I actually search, you know, job with benefits. What's the biggest thing people are looking for? Biggest thing people are looking for is health insurance. Then they want time off. Then they want 401k. Then they want retirement. And then they want dental and vision. And if you have all of that, you got good what? Now, there are some companies that are going over the top. Like Ikea now will give you four months off if you have a baby paid. And the daddy gets off. That's what I'm saying. It's like, <laughs> you go work at Ikea and you're getting pregnant. <laughs> we're going to take advantage of this, right? And you got all these big, you know, fancy companies, you know, now they pay you for nap time. They build pods where you can go in there and nap, you know, free food, free childcare, all this type of stuff. And all of those are benefits and all of them are incentives, right? Makes you like want to, uh, want to work for them. I mean, I think God's got some benefits, He's got some benefits, and there's five benefits, and man, we could teach a whole series on these five. Maybe one day we will, and I'm not even going to get to all five of them. I just want you to notice the first two of them, and I read this during our opener. just said, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all of his benefits. And now there's five who's here. Who forgives all of our iniquities? Underline iniquities. And it says, who heals all your diseases. And we just have to keep reading it because it's so good, right? He redeems our life from destruction. He crowns us. Glory to God. We need another hour. Crowns us with loving kindness and tender mercies. He satisfies our mouth with good things so that our youth is renewed like the eagles. Good stuff. The first one, the first two, though, that I want you to notice that he says is that he takes... He takes or he forgives our iniquities. Iniquities just means sins. And he heals our diseases. Diseases just means sicknesses. So now we come to the million dollar question. You say, okay, well I understand it's God's will for me to be well. I understand that. I can see that God sent Jesus to pay for, take care of my spirit, my soul, and my body. I can see that. But now the million dollar question is, is why? Why then did, and every person in here could fill in the blank, why did my daddy get sick? Why did my mama die? Why did my best friend check out at 25? Why did whenever I prayed for them, they didn't get better? Why do us as believers have to go through these things on the planet. Why? If it's God's will, right here he says, for everybody to have forgiveness and for everybody to have their, the, the diseases taken away, if he is the Lord that healeth us, then why? Everybody wants to know why. And it's a legitimate, real question. So I gave you some blanks right there under why because I want you to write some things down under iniquities or under sins that Jesus took the power of sin. He took the penalty of sin. He took even the presence of sin. Good news. Jesus, he broke the power of sin. He broke the penalty of sin. And he broke even the presence of sin. There's a scripture, and it's a great scripture. In Revelation chapter 1, verse 8, he says, I am the Alpha and the Omega. I'm the beginning and the end. I am the one who was, who is, and who is to come. In other words, Jesus says, I am the past, 
I am the present and I am the future. He says, I am all of it. Now, let's say it like this. Jesus deal, dealt with the power of sin in our past. But he also deals with the power of sin in our present. But there'll come a day when he'll ultimately deal or break the power of sin indefinitely. Let's say it like this. Jesus took the penalty of sin the moment you got saved, the moment you asked Jesus into your heart. The Bible says, though your sins are as scarlet, he washes you white as snow. That's our past. Like the moment you got saved, that happened. But how many of y'all know, unless you're like everybody on the planet, you still have issues with sin, right? There's nobody in here, I don't believe, that doesn't have some issues with the power of sin still present in their life, right? But did Jesus take care of that? Yeah, oh yeah, he took care of that. In fact, the Bible says that if we confess our faults one to another, he's faithful and just to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So if you go out of here and you make a mistake today, that you still, Jesus gives you the power to have forgiveness immediately. You can have forgiveness of sins just by asking him. But how many of y'all know that Jesus that is to come, there's going to come a point whenever there will be no more sin, right? He says, I'm going to take your sin and I'm going to throw it in the sea of forgetfulness and you will remember it no more. So Jesus is the God who was, who is, and is to come. He took care of the presence of sin whenever we get saved, but he helps us deal with the presence of sin right now. But there's a day coming whenever all sin will be eradicated forever, right? He broke the penalty of sin whenever we got saved, and there's penalties now, right, that we have to deal with, but then also that the, the day will come, we never have to deal with it again. So my point is, is now up under that, you have, you have diseases, the point is, is that there's also uh, the power of sickness, the penalty of sickness, and there's also the presence of sickness on this planet. But just because it's here doesn't mean that Jesus didn't take care of it or that he didn't die for it or that, that, that he wants us to have it. Just because it's here doesn't mean that... that that uh, he didn't take care of it. Jesus has still broken the power of sickness, right? But there's still the presence of sickness. Why? How many of y'all know we live in a crazy, evil world? I mean, anybody that'll drive through a bunch of people with a van and start running over kids and whoever else and then hop out and just start chopping people with machetes... And this is happening all the time, right? And there's even things in our own city that I know that officers, you know, they see atrocities. They see craziness because even though we're believers, we still have sin around us. How many of y'all know what I'm talking about? You say, yeah, but I'm saved. I don't care, brother. I don't care, brother. You're going to miss it. And you're going to need Jesus to take care of the power of sin in your life this week. And if you make it through this week without sinning, you're doing pretty good. But you're probably not going to make it through next week without Jesus having to come into your situation and re-break the power of sin off of your life. He's the God who was, who is, and is to come. And there will be a day, there will come a day in Zion where there will be no sin and there will be no sickness. But as long as even as believers...
We're on this planet. Jesus is got, he's there to help us take care of the sin problem and the sickness problem. That's what he's there for. So the question, the million dollar question is then why does this stuff happen? It happens because we live in a fallen world. We live in a nasty world where the Bible says that Satan has a lease on this planet. How did he get that lease? He got the lease from Adam. But there's coming a day when the lease is going to end. But until it ends, he is still causing havoc all over this planet. He still does that. So what we have to do is put our faith in Jesus to take care of our sins. But the whole part of this message is not just our sins. is we have to see him as the Lord that healeth us. So now the next million dollar question is, and what we'll be getting into the rest of this series, well, is how? 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 I understand that Jesus, it's his will. He died. He went out through the whole earth educating people. He came. He lived. He died. He conquered. It's the will of God, clearly through Scripture, that He's not around making people sick. And I really have to say that because there are people that feel like that, 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 they, that what they did has made them, that, that that's why. But Jesus said, if you give good gifts to your kids, how much more will your heavenly Father give good gifts to his kids. In other words, Jesus said, don't think you're a better parent than I am. And nobody in here is going to give their kid cancer, I don't think. Right? No, no, no. There's a lot of ways you teach your kids lessons. But that's not one of them. That's not one of them, right? So, so Jesus said, don't think you're a better parent than I am. You're not a better parent. If you know how to give good gifts to your kids, how much more will your heavenly Father give good gifts to me? There's another passage of Scripture where Jesus walks up to this guy. And he's in a bad condition. And the disciples asked Jesus. They said, Jesus, who sinned? Did his parents sin so that he's in this condition? Or did he sin that he's in this condition? And Jesus said, neither one of them sinned so that he's in this condition. He said, but this will become, it'll come for the glory of God. In other words, he come out of this and it'll be to the glory of God that he came out of it. How many of y'all know that all of those people that Jesus healed and touched, they ran through the cities giving glory to what? Giving a glory to God. They're like, Jesus, come see this man from Galilee. Come see this carpenter guy. I don't know anything about him. But all I know is I once was blind. But now I see. Right? And they're asking this. So what happened? What happened? What happened? He's like, listen, man, I don't know. All I can tell you is I once was blind. And now I can see. Now tell us exactly what he did. Like, listen, man, I don't know. So then they go ask the guy's parents. Tell us what happened to Johnny. And the parents, I love the parents. The parents are like, he's a grown man. Go ask him yourself. So then they go back to him again. They go back to him again. He's like, listen, man, I don't know what to tell you. All I can tell you, you walked by me every day. You saw me begging. I didn't have any eyeballs. I once was blind. But now I see. Now I see. That's all I can tell you. All I can, say, all I can tell you is that I see. So God's willing. And yet, then why? Why? Because we live in a fallen condition. We live in the presence of sin everywhere we go. You can't, you can't check out at the grocery store without looking at stuff you ain't got no business looking at. And you can't walk around this planet. Everything causes cancer. Don't it? It's like, it's like, if you look on the bottom of those chairs, I probably shouldn't tell you that. It's like, 
Forget I said anything. Forget I said anything. These are good holy chairs. And there's, there's nothing in these chairs. Let me all know every tag, it's got like, there's something in here that can cause cancer, right? You just, we live in an environment where the Bible says all of creation yearns, is groaning for Zion. All of creation is groaning. The earth is shaking and storms are happening. All of the earth is longing for that day when there's no more sin, no more sickness, no more iniquity. But until that day, we have to learn how to receive what Jesus bought for us. Until that day, we have to learn how to receive forgiveness. I mean, I know sometimes it's hard for people to forgive themselves. It's hard for people to forgive others. We have to receive what Jesus did for us. We have to receive healing. We have to receive what he did for us. So then the million dollar question is how? And this is the last verse I'll give you. And this is just enough for, for us to, to launch off of next week. Because there are things that can clog up or that can hinder healing. There are circumstances and situations that we're going to look at in the next few weeks. But the same way you receive healing is the same way that you receive salvation. Ephesians chapter, chapter 2, it says, For by grace, everybody say grace, grace, you have been saved. By grace, through faith, you have been saved. And he says, it's a gift. It's the gift of God, not of works, lest anybody should boast. So the same way you receive healing is the same way that you receive salvation. At some point, you heard about salvation. Faith came in for you to believe. You acted in faith on what you believed, even though you couldn't see it, even though you couldn't feel it. And whenever you, after you got saved, you looked the same, right? Right, everybody looks the same. I know we think, like, now I'm going to look better. Wrinkles are going to go away. Well, you may stop squinting, you know, from from your stress life or something, but by and large, we look the same, right? So it's by the grace of God comes to us for salvation. We have faith in the name of Jesus, the blood of Jesus, and we get saved. The same way as you get information on this subject here, it builds faith in your heart. I mean, I know whenever you hear about, I once was blind, but now I see. Whenever you hear about a guy getting let down and, and him walking out whenever he was paralyzed, whenever you hear these things, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. And faith gets built up in your heart. You believe, you receive it, and then you, you, you confess, right? It says by faith, uh, by grace, through faith, you receive this. And we know the same way that you get saved. And then you start talking different. So my homework, or for those of you that, are, that, are, that, are, that, that deal with ailments, even if you don't deal with them one now, uh, you will one day, is talk about your healing the same way you talk about your salvation. Speak with the same confidence of your healing that you speak about your salvation. In other words, if I were to walk up to, let's just say, Mike Williams, and I said, Mike Williams, you're going to hell. Mike Williams would say, I'm not going to hell. I deserve hell, but Jesus went to hell for me, and he purchased my freedom. I have eternal life. That he, he has that such, it's so ingrained in him, it's a, it's a bedrock. It's, a, it's just like... 
it's solid, right? It's not shifty sand. It's like, I don't care what you say. And they say, but yeah, but you didn't this. It's like, I don't care what you say. I have eternal life. Talk about your body the same way you talk about your spirit. Talk about your soul the same way you talk about your spirit. And as that becomes a bedrock, then whatever comes, whatever storm comes to shake you off of that, you have such a bedrock that it's a lot harder to get shook off of it, right? Because you have this absolute confidence. He bore, he nasted me. He lifted off my infirmities. He took my diseases. By his stripes, I was healed. If I was healed, then I am healed. I was healed. And talk to your body or talk to yourself the same way you would talk to your spirit. There's many times whenever I'm praying or whatever, I, and if you're ever around me, you'll hear me say some of this. I start talking to myself. I know it's weird. But it ain't weird to me. It ain't weird to me. I'll talk to my body. I call my cells. I call my tissues. I just think, right, oh man, I wish we had a little more time. Think about God's engineer, how he engineered your body. He engineered your body to self-heal. Why would he engineer your body to self-heal if he didn't want you to be healed? The moment something goes wrong with you, your white blood cells, your immune systems, they go in and they go to work. My kids were up here playing hide-and-go-seek a couple days ago because they're up here all the time, right? They're up here, so they play hide-and-go-seek. And Ansley, just the day before yesterday, she hit something hard, man. It just really made this really deep wound on her knee. You know, my wife wasn't here, so that was a little problematic because then she came to me and she's like, what do we do? And I told her, I was like, you'll be all right. It's like, typical male answer, you know, I was like, wish we had some of that, that, uh, that glue that you could squirt on there and push it back together because it kind of looked like it made me needed a stitch. I was like, I don't have any of that. We have super glue. We could give this a shot. And she didn't, she didn't feel comfortable about that. So we just got a bunch of band-aids and tried to, you know, tape them all together and stuff like that. But how many of y'all know that within, it ain't long, within a few minutes, her body starts to clot. Things that you can't see, man, they go into action. And all these little infection killers start coming out, and your, your body is designed to heal. It does that. How many of y'all know who engineered your body? God did that. He did that for you. It's His will for us to be well. We just got to learn how to bring it into our reality. That, that, that's what we have to do. If you need healing over the next few weeks, I want you to know immediately following the service, they're going to have people down here, Don and Pat, or uh, uh, be down here to pray the prayer of faith and agree with you for, for supernatural health and healing. Over the next few weeks, we'll be teaching about uh, these things to build that bedrock. Build that bedrock so that you have this confidence. Mm -hmm.